Good evening, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, brought to you by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takesta, and this evening I'm very, very pleased that we have a panel of speakers who are going to talk about how to groom, how to dress, and how to look sharp when you go out on the town. Unfortunately, we had a scheduling problem, and Kim Shosho, who was initially scheduled to be our presenter tonight, she is not able to be on the show. But tonight, we have some very, very notable speakers who are here to help us with learning how to shop, how to dress, and how to look nice. From Los Angeles, we have Mr. Julian Vargas. Welcome to the show, Julian. Uh, good to be back, Dr. Bill. Yes, you know, for the first time, we're not asking you about cell phones, right? I know, it's kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I have a feeling that we might be asking you a question, and you're probably going to answer the question with something related to the cell phone. And right. also, we have Joy Steigel. Hi, Joy. Thank you Hello. for being on the show. You're very welcome. This is all new to me. Yes, yes, and you you have a very, very wonderful voice, so I think this is going to be a really nice recording that you're going to put together for us. And last but not least, we have Raquel Desapita. Hi, Raquel. Hi, good evening, Dr. Bill. Yes, and thank you very, very much for being on the show here. And uh, all of you are people that I've known for quite some time now. I'd say I've known you for probably over 10 years and one of the things that has been so helpful for me as I have adjusted to going from having perfect vision to now being totally blind is that many of the things I learned from each of you has helped me to get to the position that I'm at now. There were so many times that I was so depressed and I didn't think that I should leave the house. I didn't think I'd be able to do anything independently and when I learned how each of you do things, it really, really motivated me. So tonight, we're going to talk about some of the factors that are very helpful when it comes to grooming, dressing, shopping, and even just looking really, really good when you're going to be going out there on the town. And I remember one of the first days that I really began to notice that my vision was very poor, I was in the shower and I wanted to wash my hair. But one of the things that I had difficulty with was I could not figure out which bottle was a shampoo and which bottle was a conditioner. My wife, she shops at Costco, and these bottles are identical. They're very, very large, but I didn't know how to do it. And I became so frustrated, you know, that I had to yell and call her and tell me which one was which. And I said, my gosh, this is just terrible. The next time that I was going to wash my hair, I thought I knew which bottle was a shampoo because it was in that location, but somebody else had moved it, and I ended up putting on the conditioner. So, Joy, why don't you start off, and can you tell us how have you managed that particular type of a program, or have you ever had that problem? Um, yes, and what I found is the easiest way is things that I already have in the house, and I use masking tape. And it's a perfect example of shampoo and conditioner. The one item I use first when it's a pair, it puts the masking tape. So on the cap of the shampoo, I would put uh, masking tape all the way around it so I know that masking tape 
was the first one to grab. And the second one, the conditioner. Same thing with makeup. Um, my makeup came in the same type of containers, so I always knew the one with the masking tape, that was the concealer. That goes on first. And then after that is the foundation, and that did not have the masking tape. That's that one helpful hint. Yes, that is fantastic. And by boy, doing it in that order where you always put the masking tape on what the dividers that you apply or you use first, you, you don't get confused in that way. Right, and the masking tape is, has got good texture, and it stays on even when it gets wet, as long as it's not submerged for a long time. But just being in the shower, nothing happens to it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. If you have, you know, water dropping on it from the shower, it doesn't degrade the masking tape with the masking no, tape. No, no, not at all. And what I've done for many years is I just pull up, turn, when I get a new bottle, I take the old cap with the masking tape that's on it already and put it on the fresh bottle of shampoo. Oh, so I don't yes. have to even mark it again. <laughs> That's great. So you don't even have to waste masking tape in that no. way. But, I mean, it's just it's less time that you have to spend, you know, doing the process again. Yes, yes. Now, how about you, Raquel? Have you experienced that same situation, or do you have a different solution as how you differentiate these different types of shampoos or conditioners or makeup? Um, no, it's it's pretty much the same. I just um, put in uh, marks, either a dymo tape, if not a, if not a tape, um, rubber bands, or some other things that I put around uh, the bottle. <clears throat> so you know, I know that okay, this is the shampoo where the rubber the rubber band is on, and then and this is the conditioner. Or sometimes I just um, a lot of times. Most of them, they have different smell anyway, um, you know, which one is the shampoo and which one is the conditioner. So but in the beginning, I, that's what I would use, you know, like I would open the bottle and smell it. <laughs> okay, oh, okay, so this is the shampoo and this is the conditioner. So that's how I, you know, find which one is what. That is a really good idea, too. You know, a lot of times we don't think of it, and I know when I was low vision, I would try so hard to use my vision, and I would bring the bottle close, but I still couldn't read it. So you had mentioned something, Raquel, that sometimes you will mark the bottle. What do you mean by that? Is that where you would use a black marks a lot or a Sharpie marker and write on it? Or you also said Dymo, and what is Dymo? Um, Dymo is a, a, a Dymo tape. You could actually either put um, Braille on them or regular letters. And um, <clears throat> you can buy Dymo laborers out there. Um, and um, so you can you can label things uh, that way. And, you know, I would just put it around uh, the caps or either if that, that, that part doesn't get wet too much. Um, so, so that's one way I would, um, label my, my things. Oh, very good. And other times, would you ever use things such as a Marksalot or a Sharpie or Julian, do you label any of your containers? I know that Julian, you have some vision, uh, whereas I don't have any vision, 
Um, do you mark things or label it differently so you can see it, Julian? No, um, even though I have some usable vision, uh, I found that as I go through more and more vision loss, it just makes more sense to me to adapt to the blindness methods because those I can always rely on regardless of what the lighting is. And since I do traveling here and there, um, I don't ever want to be dependent on what if the lighting in one bathroom isn't the same as another. So I go with tactile methods. Uh, some of the ones that are being described, uh, I use a rubber band as well. Uh, I also, on my travel shampoo and conditioners, what I've done is I take a knife and I've carved in the letters S and C on the on the bottle caps for shampoo and conditioner. So I can, you know, since I carved that in with a knife, I can feel it. Oh, that is fantastic. You know, I, I think that's really a smart thing to use your tactile sense because I know that when I was partially sighted, I made special glasses myself. You know, I am a, a low-vision eye doctor, so I said, I'm going to be a genius. I'm going to make these low-vision glasses for myself, and I should be able to read it. It didn't work very well because they get steamed up in the shower. I then used a electronic video magnifier, and I wrapped it in plastic, and I figured that I could read the bottle with this electronic video magnifier. That didn't work. And I later did come to the same conclusion that by using some of my other non-visual senses, it made things much easier. You know, one of the things that had happened to me also is it was the morning I was in a rush and I was getting ready to go to work and I needed to brush my teeth. So I opened up the medicine cabinet, I got out the tube, I put it in my toothbrush, I started to brush my teeth and I realized that was not toothpaste. It was real <laughs> cream hair cream, you know, it's like a hair oh. cream that you put on. It was terrible tasting. I just couldn't believe it. But the tube, it felt just like that of a toothpaste tube. You know, you squeeze it in the same way. And I just said, my gosh, how did I make this mistake? You know, I, I couldn't see the difference. But that was something that I might have been able to use a different strategy. Uh is that something that you have encountered, Joy, and what what has been your solution for that? How do you know which tube is actually the toothpaste? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sort of laughing at myself, but <laughs> yes, I've had similar situations. So I keep the, I've marked tubes in Braille before using the demo label tape, but I've gotten lazy. So what I do now is. The toothpaste um, is on the shelf with the toothbrush in my medicine cabinet, and I keep other tubes of creams in different places, like um, Neosporum, the antibacterial cream. I keep that in the box of Band-Aids, so they're together. Yeah. Um, and I've got other um, tubes of creams, and I either put them in certain spot in the drawer, but if you're dealing with a family situation, the best thing to do is to label it. If you know Braille, you label it in Braille using what Raquel suggested, the demo label tape, and you just put the tape around the bottom of the tube because you're, you're not usually squeezing at the bottom. If you um, have some vision, you can um, put um, tape and put... Um, packing tape over the print you put in big letters 
of what item it is so that way you can easier to read it. And you can also make up a totally different system like um, you could tape um, safety pins to something as this is going to save me and you could put that on a certain item and you know that one safety pin means this and two safety pins mean that. Um, I've used those kind of things before too. Yeah, those are some good solutions, you know. And in that situation, I was screaming and I was hollering. I said, oh, gosh. And my, my daughter came in. She goes, what's the matter, Dad? I go, oh, gosh, I put Brill Cream on my toothpaste, on my toothbrush, and I brushed my teeth. And she said, Dad, why didn't you just smell it? The toothpaste smells minty fresh. The Brill Cream doesn't smell like that. And I said, oh, my gosh. She made me feel so stupid. She just immediately came and said, well, just smell it, Dad. That's an easy thing to do. Just like simple. You could, you could smell things, and you could really understand things very, very differently. Now, what about the situation when it comes down to grooming your hair? You want to comb your hair. You want to brush your hair. You, 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 you want to look nice. And what about, first of all, at a point in time when you did have vision. There was a point when I had vision, and I had the hardest time seeing if my hair was really combed well because I just couldn't see well enough. Um, What was it that you were able to do, Raquel, when you had some vision and you remember trying to comb your hair at that time? What my problem was is that in our bathroom, we had a dark, very dark brown door that was right there, and it was right such that if I stood in front of the mirror, right behind me would be this dark brown door. And I have black hair, and I couldn't see, you know, the silhouette of my black hair against the dark brown door. But did you run into a situation like that for yourself, Raquel? Oh, yeah, when when I was still able to see a little bit, yeah, I would... I would try to find I would try to find a place where you know the background would give me better contrast um so I can kind of still see what I am doing but as I start losing my my vision I would just really depend on my my feeling my touch you know um on which way or what <laughs> what way I I would like to uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, what way I would like to uh, do with my hair, you know, for that day, you know? Yeah. So you would, you basically learned through the sense of touch how you felt your hair. You could feel if it was really grooming or combed or brushed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you do learn that. And uh, how about you, Julian? You know, how about as grooming and how about also shaving? Uh, how how have you been able to manage with those particular challenging tasks in, in the bathroom? As my uh, vision has diminished, I've gone more to uh, what Raquel was talking about, where you use your hands to feel. And, um, you know, once you get used to it, uh, your your brain is getting sensory information. It's just not getting it visually. 
So you can kind of tell just like anything else that you feel if it's straight or if it's not right, you know, if something's off, you, you can, you can kind of tell these things. So I style my hair just uh, totally by feel. And I think I do pretty good when it comes to shaving. Um, it depends if I'm traveling, uh, especially now because of TSA and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm a carry on kind of guy. I don't like checking in bags. So I pack uh, very uh, tight and small. Uh, I travel with an electric shaver and, and that actually serves my needs very well. The, the, I use one by a company called wall W A H L. Uh, anybody who's familiar with the, with the, you know, hairstyling or, or beauty or that kind of thing knows that brand because in any barber shop or beauty shop, that's the brand that they use. And uh, I use a wall electric shaver that serves me well. Uh, when I'm at home, a lot of times I'll uh, shave in the shower as opposed to trying to do it over the sink because I find that easier. And again, I do it all by feel. So in one hand, I'm uh, moving the razor along and with the other hand, I'm kind of feeling what's there. And it's um, fantastic. And this is battery operated, so you could take it into the shower, huh? No, I, I don't take the electric in the shower. I'm sorry, at, at home, I'll I'll do the uh, the regular razor. I'm sorry, I didn't make that clear. Okay. Um, my my musician friends call it shaving acoustically as opposed to electric. But <laughs> 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 so yes, I I use I, I use the the regular. You know, I have a Mach three, and it works very nicely. And um, I do that in the shower because that way you don't have to worry about getting shaving cream and stuff all over the place. It's, it's a lot yeah. less messy. You know, one of the things I learned from one of my patients who uh, was sharing with me some ideas of how he has, you know, really overcome this, this difficulty of losing sight. And he said, you know, he was so upset that his sideburns were not level. And he was a barber before, so he was very meticulous. And he came up with this great idea, and he said that he found a pair of sunglasses where the earpieces were a little bit thicker, and they matched perfectly where he wanted his sideburns to be. So he would pull out the razor, and he would rest it directly underneath the earpiece of the glasses, and that was the perfect height, and it was perfectly level, and he just basically shaved down from there. I said, my goodness, that is really brilliant. And a lot of people now, they do use that. Uh, you could use these Ray-Ban sunglasses, and they really work very, very well for that. Now, Raquel, what about you when it comes down to things such as maybe you're going to go out to a, a wedding or someplace and you really wanted your fingernails to be manicured? Do you basically go to the salon for uh, a manicure or or do you know of a great way to be able to paint your fingernails in a very neat way? Well, no, I don't have the talents to do that. <laughs> I just basically go to the salon or have my cousin come over and and help me with that and you know manicure, do the manicure, pedicure. <laughs> well, that's a nice way. You have her come over and you buy her a cup of coffee and you, it's cheaper than the manicure. How about you, Joy? Have you been able to come up with a solution for a manicure or pedicure? Well, I do get pedicures done at the salon and I do occasionally get manicures, but when I do need to have my nails polished, 
for a special occasion and it's not time or convenient to get a manicure, I do it myself and I found an easy way to do it is keeping all of the polishes in the refrigerator. And oh. then when it comes time to use it, because the polish is cold, I can feel when the brush is hitting um, the nails. And if it gets oh. a little bit on the cuticle or on the sides of the finger, it's okay because what I do after I'm all done um, is I get a Q-tip that has um, nail polish remover on it, and I slowly rub it um, against the skin where I've gotten a little bit of polish on it. Um, but with wow. practice, and let me tell you, it takes a lot of practicing with clear polish. Um, I did that for many months before I ventured out using colored polish. Oh, okay. Start it does with... work, but you have to practice. <laughs> well, that's, that's a great idea. idea. Pardon me? No, I was just saying that's a great idea. I've never thought of that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. then you're supposed to store them in a cool place anyway, so I started putting them in the refrigerator even when I had eyesight, and then when I became blind, I realized, I go, oh, my goodness, I could do this myself. <laughs> so it, <laughs> That is it, great. Thank you. Well, you know, some of the things that's also helpful for those people who do have vision is that the lighting and the contrast in your bathroom is very, very important. So if you are a person who has lighter colored hair, blonde hair, gray hair, you might want to have a section where you can have a dark background so that you could see the outline of your hair if you want to use your vision. Other people will do something that's also very brilliant is that they will get a towel of the opposite color as their hair, and they will drive that up such that there is contrast. Now, for the oh. lighting, one of the things that works out very, very well with lighting is that there are recessed can lights, and these are recessed can lights that they can be installed for about $100, and there are special light bulbs, and these are called the R40 light bulbs, and they do produce a lot of light, and with more light in the bathroom, people have a much easier time seeing what they're doing. Also, you can use the same ideas of having better lighting in your closet, and that can help you to be able to identify your clothing in the dark closet. You can go to a Home Depot and purchase a low-voltage track light. They're about $50, and the type of light bulb you use in the low-voltage track light is called an MR16 bulb. So with this MR16 bulb, you can go ahead and purchase the bulb, insert it into the track light, and for under $100, you're going to have incredible lighting. And this is the type of lighting that they use in museums. So when you look at paintings, you see the proper colors. Now, Julian, how about for you? I know that you do have vision, and I hear from people that you're real nappy type of dresser there. I want to know, how is it that you identify your clothing? Do you use your your other techniques, or do you use your vision, or do you use your cell phone to figure out what <laughs> color is this shirt, and does it match that pair of pants? 
<laughs> I uh, I always try to go with uh, neutral colors as much as possible, so I don't have to worry so much about the matching thing. <laughs> um, and um, I do actually uh, use my vision sometimes if I have uh, different shirts of different colors. You know, they feel, might feel the same. Um, I will use, I, I have a bright lamp that I keep nearby that I can, uh, you know, look at clothes under to see. But a lot of times uh, I've even gotten to where just even by the texture, something little little anomalies in the texture help me to, to know which is which. So that those are things that uh, that I use for that kind of purpose. Um, I, if I need to have uh, an eye, <laughs> then I might resort to uh, one of the apps that exists out there that connect you with humans. So that kind of helped. The, the app that comes to mind, of course, is Be My Eyes that I've talked about and, and been interviewed about before, where you connect with a human being who is a volunteer via video conference. And now the camera of your phone becomes their eyes and you can ask them questions like, you know, is this, is this a red shirt or is it blue? You know, is this have uh, stripes? Is it not? You know, you can ask more specific questions like that. Um, there are color detection apps, but frankly, I don't think any of them are quite reliable. I, I don't think that smartphone cameras and, uh, and the technology behind that all have quite, uh, gotten to where it's reliable yet so for anybody who wants to do something that doesn't involve a human being i still recommend the standalone color detectors that you can buy uh, from various uh, companies that carry that uh, blind or low vision paraphernalia i think those still are a much better option for uh, detecting colors if you want to do it yourself without having to ask anybody for help now, Julian, when you, you talk about Be My Eyes, that application, or some of the people who may not have heard about this program, that is something that works with your iPhone. And when you do contact a person on there, how long does it take? Let's say that you just pulled out a few shirts and you, you've taken pictures of it. How long does it take for you to get in touch with a volunteer on the other side to tell you what these are? It generally just takes a few minutes at the most. Um, sometimes um, the network has issues, and generally what I tell people is if you launch the app and you haven't connected within about a minute or so, just close it and reconnect. And more often than not, uh, you'll get a connection right off the bat. So I never have to wait too long. And you get people from anywhere in the world because this app is available to anywhere in the world. So I've gotten people in Australia and Europe and other places before that, that kind of are, are helpful, which is really neat. Wow, that is great. I mean, there's there must be a lot of volunteers who have subscribed to this then. Yeah. Um, when, the, when it launched, there was a big uh, uh, social media component to it. I know I, I helped promote it a lot. CBS News did a story on me. So I've uh, it, it got a lot of airplay. And that's what's really neat is that anybody can volunteer. So somebody who uh, is older, maybe homebound, or maybe uh, disabled for a while due to an injury and needs something to do with their time, that's a great thing they can do. I've also recommended it to parents who have kids that are in the Scouts, Boys and Girl Scouts, and you know how oftentimes they earn badges by performing uh, community service. I've recommended that to them as well, that you know, as long as they're with the child, because uh, I don't recommend just having the child do it without 
the parent being there. So uh, as long as they're with the child, it's a great way to have that child earn their badge and at the same time uh, uh, get uh, accustomed to doing something nice to help a segment of the community that they may not have much contact with or understand. That's great. Now, Joy, how do you organize your chest of drawers in your closet? Because I know you have a lot of clothes, and I know you're into fashion. So how do you make certain that everything matches? I I would think that that could be very, very time-consuming and difficult. Well, I I do, like Julian said, I I stick to some basic neutral colors. I do have a few things that are different. It's usually blouses. All of my... um, Shorts, slacks, and pants are either white, navy, or black now. I mean, I've had other colors. Oh, I do have a couple that are khaki colored. But the blouses are what I mark using safety pins in the tags. Um, if I put the safety pin um, on the back side of the tag so it's not close to my skin, horizontal, it means black. If it's... Um, purple or tan, it's going straight up um, vertical. If it's red, I pin down one of the corners because, you know, red's a wild and crazy color. (laughs) So I do that. And navy, I use two safety pins and I put it in the shape of a plus sign so that they're intersecting. If it's green, I do two safety pins that are going um, vertical side by side. So, and I use little teeny little little safety pins. Wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with this system, you could feel basically any clothing, and you'll know what color it is. Right. I mean, there's some things. Luckily, with women, it's a little bit easier than men because we have more detail to some of our dresses and blouses. They may be crocheted. They could have embroidery on them. They could have different types of collars. And that's an easy way to instantly remember. I mean, I have a pink blouse that has crocheting and embroidery around the neckline. So that one does not have safety pins because I can feel the embroidery and the crocheting on it. Now, in your closet, for example, Mm -hmm. you, you have... Um, slacks or you have a skirt of a particular color, do you mm-hmm. also organize your blouses? So the blouses that would match, do you position them in the closet next to those pants? Or no, I, no, I don't. I put all the pants together, the shorts together, the short sleeve blouses together, the uh, long sleeve blouses together. Um, if I have a skirt that came with a matching um, the jacket, where they're made of the same fabric, those, yes, are on the same hanger. But they were sold that way, and the stores, you know, they allow you to take most of the hangers home, so I leave them on those hangers because they'll have a, a clip to hold the skirt and then the traditional hanger style for the jacket, and it's all one piece. So they do stay together like those. Wow, but everything else great. is separately on a hanger. Yes, that's great. How about you, Raquel? What are some of the different kinds of techniques that you have learned to organize your clothing to make it faster for you to dress in the morning or when you're going out? Um, A lot of times when I go shopping for clothes, um, I try not to get um, the same things. (laughs) Um, I 
you know, I try not to get the same the same style with different colors. So so in that way I know I will know which one is which. Um but one of the other things that I've done is like what Julian has said, like uh, I now have a color identifier. Um maybe it does it would not you know, tell me all of the colors that are on that particular blouse maybe, but um at least in general, it will tell me. And, and a lot of times, like I said, I will remember what I have bought anyway. Um, and then the other thing that I have used, that other method that I have used, um, especially lately, is <clears throat> not maybe not be my eyes, but I would use FaceTime. I would call either a friend or my mom, um, and I would say, hey, I'm, you know, can you please tell me what, color is this and does this match with this pants or with this skirt and so you know then that's that's one way that I would uh, figure out what I am wearing or you know that if my colors are matching that's great now you mentioned was that that program that you used that is with your cell phone and what was the name of it oh it's FaceTime it's with your iPhone it's um it's an app on your iPhone is that but Julian, is that called an app? Yeah, it basically it it okay. comes built in with uh with iOS and Mac computers. It's it's Apple's video chat service. So you can connect to anybody else who has an iOS device or, or a Mac and make a video conference with them. And by the way, for those who don't have Apple devices, uh there are plenty of other apps like Skype of course is well known for this. Uh, Google's Hangout apps is cross-platform, so it doesn't matter if they have Android or you have iOS, you can use that. And now I believe even Facebook Messenger has video chat capability as well, and everybody's on Facebook. So there are lots of ways to make those kind of connections with uh, people who you know to enlist assistance in that kind of way. You know, Julian, as we're talking about the use of the smartphones and things, what would be the main difference between using uh, FaceTime, the way that Raquel was using it with her mother, versus the way that you use Be My Eyes, where you would contact a volunteer? Are there major differences other than the fact that with Be My Eyes, you don't know who's going to be there to give you advice? Right. Uh, Be My Eyes is good, especially, you know, sometimes... You, you as a as a blind or low vision person you you get you get to thinking that maybe you don't always want to be a, a burden um people that you know you know and and obviously you know our friends and family always love to help us but sometimes we like to try at least i do try to kind of uh, minimize that as much as possible and that's where something like be my eyes comes in it makes you feel you know let's say you're up at three in the morning you're up you can't sleep or you, or you got up really early because you have a you have some traveling to do, and maybe you don't want to wake your mother or, or your cousin or your sister up to to help you with this. This is where something like Be My Eyes comes in because everybody who's on there uh, volunteers to be on, and because they're people from all over the world, chances are you're going to find somebody who's awake at the same time you are. Exactly, that's really a good point. That's very very good. Now, have any of you used any specific strategies using different types of clothes hangers? That was one of the things that I later decided to do when it came to my different colored slacks. Rather than, you know, always using the metal wire clothes hangers, I then searched and I found some that were plastic and some that were metal 
with a cardboard uh, a tube on the bottom, and others actually had clips. So I would use the different types of clothes hangers and always hang specific colors on a specific type of hanger. Have you guys ever come up with any other types of tips and tricks that helped you with your clothing or even identifying the color of your shoes? Um, I'm trying to think if I've used the, I don't know if I've used the hanger thing, but I've definitely seen that there are different types. And, and I've thought of that, actually. I thought, you know, that could come in handy should I ever need to separate something that's the same style but different colors. That, that's certainly one good strategy to use. Uh, my shoes, I, I stick with black, so I don't have problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> right. Again, the whole neutral color thing. How about you, Joy? Have you have you um, tried any things with hangers, or how do you identify the colors of your shoes? Well, the shoes, yes. My shoes are either black or navy, and they're different styles. But as to the hangers, yes, I have. Um, I have different types of hangers, and I've got a a couple of items which I felt were extremely fancy. So I bought special fancy hangers (laughs) for those outfits. I only have a couple of them, a few of them. And um, I found it to be real helpful when I've been in a hurry that I just look for that certain hanger, oh, yes, there's that um, blouse <laughs> or skirt, so I'm I'm set. Yes, you can find things quickly that way. You know, and Joy, it seems like you, like Raquel, you have used a strategy. If you do buy shoes, you don't buy the same shoe in different colors. If you want a blue shoe, a navy shoe, it's going to be this style, and a black shoe will be a different style, just so that right. you could feel the difference of the shoe. Is that correct? Right. It's yes. Most of the time, yes. But there's been times where I have bought things in several different colors, and I, again, use masking tape where I put it between the heel and the sole, and that way I know that they're matching. And then another idea I had... Oh. Um, was keeping the black ones under the bed because it's dark, and the pink ones were out in the open because it's more light is in the room there. And that was how I kept the difference in the colors. That's great. That's a very, very good idea. Well, what about, in a sense, when you're going to go shopping? I know that for myself, I really don't do shopping by myself. I usually will go with a friend or my wife, but I was talking to Raquel one day, and it just happened to be she told me that she was taking the bus, and she was going shopping in Chinatown. So I want to know, how in the world do you go shopping by yourself like that, Raquel? What's the secret, and how do you find what it is that you're looking for? Do you ask a worker, would you please help me? Do you call the store before? How do you do that when you're going by yourself? Um, yes, I have. There are times that I have called the store in advance. But um, but most of the time, I just go there, go to the store like at Ross or, or even Chinatown. Chinatown, I have learned um, the, my way around there because I used to go with people there before, so I pretty much know, you know, the layout of the of the 
what do you call it, of, of the place. And so I would just go and I would just start walking and people don't pay attention to me anyway. So, <laughs> so I would just start walking and start, you know, feeling like, okay, I, I know this is the area where I think um, where the, the shirts will, be, you know, that store where I would usually buy my shirts and, and, and skirts from. So, so I, I would know that I, I have learned to do that, so I now I can constantly go to Chinatown on my own. But yeah, and, and most of the time I would go to the store and I would ask the person, um, you know, I'm here, I need help shopping. Could you, you know, could you please help me, or could you have someone help me, please? That's great. And so they usually are very, you know, uh, uh, helpful, and they will provide you with a shopping assistant. And that assistant mm-hmm. could tell you what's the colors, what's the sizes, and it'll it'll save you time as you go try the clothing on. Yes, yes. They're you know mostly most of the time they're very patient and you know will walk around with you and um, wait until you ask them like, okay, can you tell me what color is this? And, you know, when I would usually choose a lot of different items, and then I, I would say, okay, I'm ready to try them now. <laughs> oh, that's great. How about you, Joy, when you shop? Do you generally go to a brick-and-mortar store or the mall, or do you do much of your clothes shopping online? No, I mean, I go basically only to stores because I like to try them on and, and feel them and see what kind of styles they are. Um, some stores are extremely helpful, like Raquel has said. They love helping because um, it's doing something different in their store. Other ones are a little bit harder, but I found that um, most stores, like Raquel said, if you call ahead, um, the managers will allow a sales clerk to help. And I know even some of the fancy stores like um, Nordstrom's, iMagnum, they provide shoppers, even the people that are fully sighted. Oh, really? So because they, yes, because it saves the shoppers time, and you just call them ahead of time, and you tell them what kind of items you're looking for, and they have them set aside in a dressing room waiting for you. So all you have to do is try them on. Of course, as a blind person, you have to get to a certain entrance in the store, but... um I have found out that they will meet you um, at that entrance that you've decided to meet the clerk at. Um, it, it worked last week when Robert and I went to, that's my husband, we went to Macy's and the clerk knew exactly which entrance it was and we met her there. So and Joy, is, is there an extra fee when they have these personal shoppers for you? Do they charge you $20 or something? Nope. No extra fee whatsoever. Wow, that's wonderful. That is mm-hmm. really good. How about you, Julian? How have you solved your, your shopping problems out there? Um, well, to begin with, as much as I am uh, into tech and do things online, clothes shopping is one of those things I, I don't do online because I like to feel and try things on. Um, so I always prefer – it kind of depends on uh, – how I'm shopping. If if I'm shopping uh, because I know I need certain kinds of clothes for a certain occasion or something like that, I will uh, try to get somebody excited to go with me just to kind of expedite things, especially somebody who knows me and kind of knows my style and taste and things like that. 
But other times, uh, maybe I'm just sort of in a browsing mood where, you know, I could sort of take it or leave it. And I'll go and just start browsing the, uh, the clothes section that, uh, I, you know, buy my clothes in. And, um, if I find that, if I find something that looks interesting, you know, a lot of times they have salespeople that walk around anyway. And you can always tell because they're either stocking things on shelves or they have a little radio on them that's constantly squawking <laughs> with activity. So you, I, I'll, I'll flag something like that and say, hey, uh, can you tell me what color this is or do they have it in this size, that kind of stuff. Uh, I've also gone straight to the uh, customer service area and asked for shopping assistance. And, yes, I've even used Be My Eyes in that instance as well. I find something I like and I don't uh, – hear anybody readily available nearby and don't want to leave the area so i'll launch be my eyes and you know i'll ask for information like what color is this and i'll you know if they need to know what size it is if i point to the label can you see it and um, i've gotten the information that way too that is great and i know julian one of the things that i have heard you talk about on your podcast is that you often don't pay with cash and you basically can pay using your iPhone. Yes, Apple Pay is a wonderful thing. Uh, I use the iPhone, and now, of course, use the Apple Watch, <laughs> which is even easier to to do with Apple Pay. So more and more places are, are starting to accept the tap-and-go payments. Uh, Google uh, has its own payment as well. Uh, it's Well, they've had it for a while now, Google Wallet, but when they uh, launch the new version of Android this coming fall, uh, it's going to be also called, interestingly enough, Android Pay. I wonder where they got that idea. But, you know, the, so, and it works the same way. It's uh, it's using the NFC technology in, in some of the uh, higher-end smartphones to make that connection and uh, seamlessly and securely uh, secure that transaction. So where you pay for something, you don't even have to pull out a credit card or do any of that stuff. And what's so great is, yes, if we're not pulling out a credit card and and we should all remind all of our listeners, try your best not to use a debit card when you're shopping. But if you don't pull any of these cards out and you can use your iWatch or your, excuse me, your Apple Watch or your iPhone, uh, it really just makes things safer for us. But uh, let's go ahead and let's see if we have any questions out there from any of our listeners. Do any of you listeners out there have any questions for uh, Joy, Raquel, or Julian, or myself? Dr. Bill, this is Tom. I have a question. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good. Uh, when you've got all your clothes hung in your closet, and I try to organize mine so I know where my pants are and where my shirts are and stuff like that, is there any kind of a, a way that you can... Uh, identify which pants or which shirt you're you're uh, putting on. Uh, is there a system or techniques that uh, uh, you can tactily identify your clothing? Well, I could answer that. This is uh, Dr. Bill. Some of the things that we have taught many of our patients at the Center for the Partially Cited is you can use a safety pin technique such as Joy has developed, where she may place one safety pin vertically to, you know, let you know that that is a black clothing. And you may have another pin that's horizontal to designate another color. 
that is something that works very well because all you then need to do is to feel the safety pin, the direction of it, and you know if that color is going to match with those those slacks or that shirt. Now, I have also found from many of our patients, many of our patients, they don't want to spend the time to put in these safety pins. And others have actually done something differently where they have actually developed a system where if it is a slack and a shirt that match, on those clothes hangers, they have attached a string with a piece of cardboard and if it's a circle on the pants and a circle on the shirt, then that person knows that you could wear these two together. But if the shirt has a triangle and the pants has a square, then those really won't match. So I've seen other people do that. And other people have actually even become a little bit more uh, advanced. Some of the people who are more technological, like Julian, but it's very easy to do, is that there are these fabric types of labels that could be attached to your clothing. And these fabrics, they, they, these labels, they actually have a barcode. And you could use your cell phone or a barcode reader, and you could then say what it is. You could say, these are black triple pleated slacks with cuffs. And then when you want to know what are those pants, you could put your phone or your barcode reader right over it, and it will say it for you out loud. I think one of the um, companies that actually makes that, uh, there is um, the Pen Friend, and this is a pen that comes with these special types of stickers or labels. And you put the little label on the clothing, you tap the pen to it, and you record what it is. So the initial time that you make that recording, if you have your wife or your husband or someone who has vision with you, then they could help you to describe it. But that pen, friend, I believe it's on the order of about $150. Uh, Julian, what are some of the other types of barcode types of labels that might work with an iPhone? Do you have any of those off the top of your head? Well, the, the one that I think works really well is one called Digit Eyes, D-I-G-I-T-E-Y-E-S. It's by a company called Digital Miracles. And when you buy this app, it's, if you buy the full app, I think it's $19.99. And this app allows you to scan, of course, barcodes of products on your shelf or at the store, things like that. I, I use it all the time when I go grocery shopping. But you can also get these labels from them that they sell. Uh, I don't know the price offhand, but um, they, uh, they're washer-safe labels that you attach to your clothes. And it's a code that, like what you described, where you put them on your clothes and you scan this code in and you can either type in or record an audio label into your phone. And then when you scan that label with the uh, with the camera of the phone and the app running, it'll read back to you what you put in there. So it um, it just depends on you know whether someone has a smartphone or not. Some people don't like smartphones, and in that case, I would recommend the pen friend that you were talking about earlier. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is, that, is that helpful, Tom? Good ideas. Thank you. Great, Doctor Bill. This is Tom again. I have I have some additional information. It doesn't have anything to do with grooming, but it goes back to 
toothpaste and how do you brush and comb your hair and things like that. But this this has to do with with pills. Most people take pills. You know, some take more, some take less. And uh, what I do with my pills, I have a certain amount of pills that I take in the, at night, and then I have those that I take during the day. And I have one bottle of pills that I have to take one of those in the morning and in the, and at night. And so what I do is I take a penny to the cap of the ones I take at night. I don't put anything on the ones that I take in the morning. And the one that I take both morning and night, I tape a toothpick to the cap of that one. I break a toothpick in half and tape it to that lid. And so I can tactily uh, identify which pills I'm taking. That's great. That is great. Now, did you come up with that solution all on your own? No, but with the two of us come up with this, we need to we need to patent that because yes, we did come up. <laughs> great, and you know the thing is, it doesn't cost you anything. It's just with things that you have around the house, but you could label things that way, just the way that Joyce says we could use masking tape. And I I never thought masking tape would hold up, but you know apparently it does. So that is just wonderful. Mentioned that she just changes the top on her different bottles. And we do the same with the medicine, you know, with the medicine or the pill bottles, because most of the most of them are the same every time, and we just we just change out the tops, so we don't have to retake the the tactile stuff on the top. So that's great. That is really really good. Well, Tom, do you have any other tricks that you could share with us? I do. I have one more, and I can't and I can't claim this, so I can't patent it. I got this from uh, a New Yorker. Uh, about toothpaste. Well, the idea is you don't worry about putting it on your toothbrush. You take the top off the toothpaste, squirt a little bit on your tongue, put the top back on your toothpaste tube, and get your brush and go to brushing your teeth. It'll end up in the sink if you don't do it right, you know. So just squirt a little bit on your tongue. Uh, that is great. Well, gosh, you know, I want to thank all of you for all this great advice. We're out of time this evening, but I, I want to thank Julian, Raquel, and Joy, and Tom. Thank you very much for all this advice that you had to offer. Are any of you willing to share? It's um, J-O-Y, and my last name, S-T-I-G-I-L-E, at gmail.com. Okay, Joy, S T I. G-I-L-E at gmail.com. Yes. Thank you. And Julian? Yeah. Um, people can go to my website, www.techjv.com. That's www.t-e-c-h, J as in Julian, V as in Vargas.com. And uh, find my contact info there. Or if they just want to call me, they can call area code 818 Seven nine four nine five five four. And uh, if anyone wants to um, speak with me as well, they can call our chapter line, the San Fernando Valley chapter line, at eight one eight four five seven nine four four nine. Okay, one more time. Eight one eight four five seven nine four four nine. And these podcasts will be available for you to listen to at www.cclvi.org and also at www.airsla.org next week. If any of you are interested in acquiring the book, 
Insights into Low Vision, which contains many helpful tips regarding cooking, grooming, low vision aids, computers, travel. This particular book is available at www.amazon.com or at www.cclvi.org. It is free to new members or $19.95 for those who choose to purchase it. So we hope that you'll tune in next month when we bring you information regarding special filters and sunglasses to help those people who have problems with glare. So on behalf of all of our speakers this evening and CCLVI, I wish you a pleasant good evening. Good night, everybody.